I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 29th of April. This is the COB, the final one for the shortened trading week. I'm Nadine Blaney. Final one? I thought you were going to say the final one ever. No, that's great to be here. Yeah. How look are you, Scotty? Good. You look very comfortable there on the couch. I'm feeling pretty comfortable. It's a Friday. We sit on couches around here on Fridays before we go out and record the last call and have a good drink. In fact, uh, with the new time, 3.45, we've had to do this maybe one glass of wine in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll wait till anyone, good. will we? <laughs> now, let's get to this day that was. Um, we had a great setup coming through from New York. So let's uh, put that out there. We had a lot of company news coming through and we had some commodity price movement through the session as well. Iron ore in particular. What's happening there, Scotty? Uh, just found a bit of a bid, uh, and, and it's been doing that. Uh, no, it's just grinding higher. It's not like massive, massive moves higher. Uh, but we do have a, a public holiday uh, for majority of next week in China, which does tend to go and lead to some pretty strange movements. I could tell you, uh, coming to where the uh, the Chinese equity market, particularly Hang Seng in Hong Kong, just off to the races. So yeah, go figure. But over the longer term, look at the chart; uh, it's still down a very, very long way. Yeah, sure is. Now we've had a uh, quite a bit of company news out as well in this Asian session. And uh, one, I suppose, that is a hangover from the pandemic has to be Kogan. You're near sales down, uh, reporting its trading update for the quarter. And the market not liking it at all. Yeah. Burgeoning warehouses full of stock that needs to be sold and probably discounted. And uh, yeah, more people are getting out and about and have the opportunity to go shop uh, in person in stores now, of course. So probably, uh, yeah. Not overly surprising, uh, at least from, from where I'm sitting. But uh, yeah, to see that uh, stock was at one stage over 25 bucks a share this morning when I was looking, it was uh, down below five. So uh, yeah, really ugly sell-off that we've seen there. Um, maybe it all peaked out when I went and got my uh, ISO uh, exercise bike when I was doing my <laughs> 15 days in quarantine in South Australia. It needs to. Look, um, points bet. Uh, having a great day today. It's actually one of the best performers uh, by the end of the session. Uh, we also are watching Telix Pharmaceuticals. Now, I know we don't talk about it a lot, but I actually had the chance to interview the the CEO. I guess it was last year during one of our uh, events that we do in conjunction with the ASX. Look, it's a company that is in the biotech space. So obviously, uh, it's one of those talked about thematics that it's binary, you know. But uh, the thing with Telix is that it's actually getting stuff done and it's getting uh, some of its product to market. And so, um, yeah, it's having a great day today uh, along with uh, Bluebet. Bluebet's been in the news quite a bit this week. Um, PointsBet's also having a decent day. Yeah, all I mentioned the, that. Yeah. All, the, all the punting stocks, so yeah. Another company that's having a good day is Nitro. And Nitro is actually the stock of the day. Um, big upside today after it released its quarterly and gave an outline for when it expects to be cash flow break even. Uh, yet again, because in its history, it was always sort of 
break even and had an intense period of investment in the business. But that's what investors want to know in this environment. When yeah. are you gonna? When are you gonna stop burning cash? I remember. I remember talking to the chief executive about this very thing during reporting season, and uh, and myself just grilled him about uh, you know, what when's it going to be less about you know, making acquisitions and everything else, and actually trying to go and get cash flow positive and uh, know, get towards that path to profitability. So it's a nice outcome. Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of these CEOs. Are, have been made very aware by the extent of the share price falls that mm-hmm. they've seen over the past few months. Uh, I spoke as well yesterday with the CEO of Life360, which had a bit of a, a, a buy a bid today, but you know it again got smashed this week. Uh, and he was saying, look, yeah, they are actually pulling back on their growth. Like you ha- it, It's a trade-off, right? You can't keep spending money that you don't have to grow. If you if people lose faith in that story, essentially, yeah, and this is efficient markets right now because we're looking at uh, no investment opportunities here and saying, well, why are we throwing no good money after bad? Uh, unless you're going to go and show us a pathway to actually show no some end result, uh, and the cost of money is going up, and uh, I'm I'm glad it is. It's, um, we're seeing a bit more uh, price discovery, and uh, no, things are coming back to what uh, you might go and deem to be normalish levels. Okay, um, Nitro. While we're at it. Was the stock of the day, is the stock of the day, I should say. Kashi sat down with his guest, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities and Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Let's hear what they had to say about Nitro. Yeah, no, look, I think um, with the, the consensus, I think there was been an upgrade from all parties, right. all four uh, analysts that cover it this morning. Um, one of them might have even been in the $6 range or something silly. Phew. So. Um, I'm not 100% on that, but everyone upgraded it basically on the back of this. But um, yeah, look, it, it's you're buying it at the bottom of the range. Um, whether you're going to get, I mean, this is a great catalyst, obviously, but the um, whether the tech storm sort of passed in the US, which is probably going to be the main, the defining price action factor for the next sort yeah. of three, three months until they have their annual report. Probably a little bit too far in the future, I think, to see okay. a serious buying come in. Um, but having said that, look, I think it looks great as a just as a trade for a few days. I mean, when I look at the chart, there was a low in March that it dipped under in the last two days. And for it to gap up today and rally on massive volume, I know it's up 20% today. Um, but this is the type of stock that might just rally for a few days. And, right. You know, you could probably be in and out for a quick trade. But longer term, um, I'd be steering clear for the time okay. being. Okay, another company that's really in focus today, Ramsey. So it is posting a very sharp profit drop. And again, it's being blamed on COVID. It's also being blamed on supply chains. And so, you know, we are not out of the woods yet at all. I think from getting these confessions from companies as to just to the extent of how um, some of these, you know, these themes that we talk about at nauseum all day, you know, inflation, supply chains, what it's going to be doing to the business. Yeah. Staffing in particular for Bramsey would be pretty acute at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure so much about the COVID disruptions, but I know the isolation rules and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that comes with the actual staffing. Uh, Just ask any business operator or business owner uh, who's been having to go and deal with those over the past uh, past six months. It's... (laughs) What a nightmare. Thank God. Look around uh, our newsroom yeah. on some days, Scuddy, you know. Like, oh, I, I, I look around. Immune. I can sometimes go and yell out and uh, I just hear my voice <laughs> echoing around all four corners of the office. Yeah, there's uh, tumbleweeds sometimes lately. And it's just in this last sort of iteration of COVID, um, it seems, as well. I'm, I'm absolutely positive we're not alone. I oh, don't say positive. Oh, no, not positive. Negative. Not positive. Definitely negative. Definitely negative. Um, okay, so what are you writing about in the COB today? Uh, it's the Teal Independence. Uh, obviously, getting a little bit of airtime at the moment. This is certainly not written on behalf of the uh, Liberal uh, National Coalition, but um, 
the polls are tightening up at the moment, uh, and it's uh, it's important to go know get some clarity because I do dare say, given the risk, uh, we might have these people as the uh, the swing balance of power uh, for our Senate uh, and potentially the House of Reps as well. Uh, over that, uh, you know, the next parliamentary term. So I just hope they're going to see a little bit more clarity. I don't care so much about you know, who they're going to go and back in the uh, in a minority government scenario, but I just want to know what they stand for outside of you know, needing an integrity commission and uh, needing to go and have uh, you know, action on climate change. I want to know about more other things. And that's all it is. Okay, cool. So I look forward to reading that um, when I get to my inbox after I do a few other little things around here before we get to go home and in- and enjoy the weekend. Next week's going to be a big one. We've got the RBA and we've got the FOMC. I had a good chat with uh, our friend James Whelan from VFS Group. Look, um, markets priced in this 50 basis point hike, but what he was saying is the thing that could set a cat amongst the pigeon is if you start to hear Jerome Powell referencing this quarterly GDP read that came in softer than expected. Um, whether or not it will, I don't think it's anything that's going to derail um, any of the plans that the central bank has, but it's just made, I guess, the commentary a little bit more live. Yeah. Uh, because really, like, we know everything that the central... Well, we feel like we know everything uh, the FOMC members are thinking because they get out and speak quite a lot. Yeah. Look, I love Jimmy, but uh, I'm going to go and uh, no, take the other side of that bet, and I reckon that uh, they'll look through it because a lot of it was external factors, and uh, everyone was poo-pooing the other uh, GDP massive uh, increase that we saw in the last quarter of, uh, of calendar year 21, which was driven by inventory build. Now, this time we saw an inventory detraction, and uh, everyone's like, oh, it's so weak and everything else. Trade side of the equation, look, they're still bringing in a lot of stuff. That's still partly the inflation story as well, but the underlying economy still looks pretty rock solid, and just have a look at the 40 indicators in the labor market <laughs> they're still rock solid uh, i wouldn't be getting too too uh, nervous about a recession in the near term well okay um look scotty we've got to get a move on here today it's going to be a really instructive week next week u.s earnings season continues we had a good chat with steve sosnick earlier today about uh some of the big tech names and how he sees the narrative playing out there. I'm not going to give it all away, but it's some pretty interesting comments about amazon i thought coming through there yeah um, amazon all things being equal, gives a sense as to uh, maybe uh, it's you know, push to go and, and bring invest back into the business continuously is you know, just starting to go and come to an end. Maybe a change of business directive and uh, looking to go and maybe focus on profitability at some point down the line. That's what I got out of the results there because it was quite pronounced that you know, not looking to invest in any more staffing or, uh, or additional capacity. That's a real turn up for the books and what we're seeing over the life of that business. Also talking about just the cost of doing business, the cost of deliveries, for example. Um, I loved our chat with uh, Gina Rossi from um, Sephiria. Yeah. Today, uh, he gave us some three companies that we've never talked about. So if you're looking for something new, some new ideas, global ideas, uh, three companies in uh, the small cap space that he says are able to perform in an inflationary environment, and also he can't see any supply chain risks uh, associated with them. Again, two of those words and and concepts and uh, real sort of problems that we talk about uh, really on on an hourly basis. Um, So that's a good interview. A couple great interviews that you can access via the show notes. And again, I just encourage you, um, if you've got any time this weekend, to just go to the website and catch up with any of the... um, the videos, any of the interviews that we've done throughout the week that you were unable to watch live. Um, it's all there for you. And uh, yeah, what else What else are we missing? 
I think we got, no, shout out to your parents who I met for the first time today in the office. And uh, yeah, I hope you're having a wonderful time out here in Australia, Mr. and Mrs. Blaney. That is so kind of you to say, uh, Scotty. Yeah, they, they stopped into the Ausbiz studios and they were just uh, thrilled to do so and to see how things happen here. And then they were off on their ma- merry way to enjoy the city of Sydney. Yeah, Burke Street Bakery for lunch. <laughs> they know, they're already uh, traditional Sydney siders here now. <laughs> totally. All right, Scotty, I hope you have a good weekend. You too. Take care. 